0: Merry Christmas. I want to welcome all of you to church this weekend at all of our campuses at Lone Tree, Lakewood, Highlands Ranch, Castle Rock, and all of you who are watching online as well. Uh, It's a privilege for me to be here to continue the nativity series and I really do feel like God gave me a message for you guys. Um, So I'm going to pray before I jump into this and just ask that he would help me to communicate it the way that I heard him communicate it into my heart. So if you'll just join with me and pray. And while I pray, don't just listen to what I'm saying. Pray for me how you would want to be prayed for if you were standing up here uh, trying to deliver a Christmas message. So, Heavenly Father, God, we come before you, and God, all of us at every sanctuary, God, and even those who are watching from their homes online, God, we surrender our hearts to you. We say that you are the good shepherd. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just feel released in every building, in every heart, in every mind. God, I ask that uh, you would take simple words and let them stick to our spirits. God, I ask that you would call people back into life-giving relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. If you have your Bible, you can turn to... Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 8 through 20. So it's, it's a good chunk of verses, but it sets up the story that we'll be talking about uh, throughout our time together. Starting in verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, For all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So I'm going to ask three questions throughout our time here. And the first one is this. Why was the birth of Jesus revealed to shepherds? This news could have been revealed anywhere to anyone. And really, if we got down to it throughout any time in history. But there were some men, maybe young, maybe old, sitting on a field watching their sheep, letting the night hours pass by, and all of a sudden it was like heaven opened up above them. And an angel stands before them and proclaims this message. So why would God throughout the whole course of human history choose to reveal this special narrative to shepherds? See, in America, sometimes we detach ourselves from that. And and some of you could have quoted those verses that I just read, it's familiar to us, it's a story, it's, it's something that we all participate in uh, with tradition and such every single year. But I think there's a reason why he presented this message to the shepherds, and if we go back into the Old Testament, I'm going to fly through and remind us who spoke about the Lord and for the Jewish people to expect their Messiah to come, and the characteristic of that Messiah to lean towards being the shepherd of his people. See, Jacob, he refers to the God who has been my shepherd all of my life. That was way back in Genesis. All of us know this. David wrote a psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Isaiah says he protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms, all of those children who just sang at each campus. Our God looks at them like his, his own. And he places them in his arms. Ezekiel, another of the prophets, he prophesied, I will appoint over them a single shepherd. He will tend them himself and will be their shepherd. And Micah, Micah declared this, that Matthew echoed, when we read Matthew throughout the history of the Christmas season, Micah declared that out of Bethlehem, would come a ruler who would shepherd Israel in the strength of Yahweh. So those shepherds sitting on that hill had to have thought that their Messiah would one day return and their Messiah might act a little bit like each and every one of them. So when the heavens opened up, it wasn't a surprise to them that it was announced to shepherds. So I want to ask this. How did the shepherds respond to this great news of great joy for all people? Well, in your notes it says, they were moved. They heard this message and they responded. And they responded by moving. Verse 16 says this, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Now you know the sheep that they were guarding and protecting on the hills of Bethlehem. Bethlehem being just outside of Jerusalem. Those were the sheep that would be used in the sacrifice at the temple in Jerusalem. These are pretty important sheep. Thus, they were guarded at night. But those men on that occasion decided to leave that which was valued not just by them, but by all the people in that vicinity. They left that behind in pursuit of something of greater value and worth. So there's already a hidden message in this when we read those verses that says, wait a minute, how could they let go? How could they leave behind? How could they put at risk something that was so valued? Sheep that would be sacrificed in the temple. Sometimes we are more concerned about our symbols of religiosity than we are about our relational encounter with Jesus. Do we do the same thing when Jesus is trying to get our attention, we find our routine, we find our tradition, we find our habits safer and less risky than a true spiritual encounter with Christ. And we do something over and over and again, instead of listening to the voice of God that says, just come over here, just spend time with me, just come and see me for yourself. See, I think they recognized that what they were leaving behind was just a symbol of what they were looking forward to in hope. I'm going to have Kyle come on up here. Kyle is our lead production uh, director. And so if you're at any of the campuses, this is somebody who takes care of you every single week and you've never seen him. This is an awesome friend of mine. Kyle went... He went to YWAM, he knows the Bible very, very well, and he is sowing seeds into each and every one of our lives to make us able to hear the proclamation of the word every week. And so, uh, I, Kyle, I got you a Christmas gift. I'm going to give you a 2015 Jeep Wrangler. Awesome. So, I'm going to give that to you. Now, here's, here's the deal, Kyle might appreciate that, but I think my kids would appreciate that a little bit more than Kyle would, right? Kyle's busy, he's older than my kids, and so he might appreciate that, and he might remember that, that maybe it'll be a a reminder of our friendship, that I gave you a gift. But when I said I'm going to give you a 2015 Jeep Wrangler, I think you might have hoped that I would give you a real one, and not just a model of one or a symbol of one. But if I were to give you this key, would you be willing to give up that Jeep? (laughs) Right. So stand there for a second with me. You're willing to give up this car for that key. And you can go and look out in the parking lot later and see if there's a Jeep waiting for you. (laughs) But here's the deal if I had given this to my two-year-old and then offered my key in exchange for this from my two-year-old, my two-year-old would probably hold on to this because our maturity dictates our decisions. And so I think our spiritual maturity dictates our spiritual experiences as well. And so sometimes I think we hold on to the symbol of a relational encounter instead of trading it for access to a relational encounter. So what would have, thank you Kyle, I appreciate that. What would have kept those shepherds from seeing Jesus face to face? It would have been the sheep, right? Maybe there was one shepherd that got left watching those sheep because of the value placed on the symbol of it, the Jews would sacrifice those lambs, waiting, hoping that one day there would be one sacrifice. And now we can see that on the other side and see the value of that, but I think sometimes we are more concerned about our symbols of religiosity than we are about our relational encounter with Jesus. See, your response is determined by your maturity. They had a spiritual experience that continued their spiritual growth, but they heard a message on that hillside, and I think there's a lot of Christians who hear a message, and it's almost angelic at times, but then the lack of response keeps us from spiritual growth. It's what you do with what you see and learn and experience here in worship and the Word and community. If you're doing something with it, then you will grow spiritually. Are you willing to walk away from your religious control if it allows you to see Jesus? So how did the shepherds respond? They were moved. The second way that they responded was they spread the Word. Verses 17 and 18 says this, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. See, you can't help but talk about something that you've experienced firsthand. I, I was going to tell you a story about how my two-year-old uh, saw Santa for the first time last week. And it was, it was really neat and uh, it was special. But as I was talking to my wife Emily about this, she said, you know, he's talked about Santa and that was a neat uh, experience for him. But maybe you should tell them about how Reagan, my two-year-old, talks about Star Wars. <laughs> now, what I'm going to tell you is kind of me being vulnerable. Emily and I are, are not perfect parents by far. And Several months ago, we decided that we were going to let our older kids watch Star Wars. And so we got ready and we got uh, everything set. And then we thought that uh, Reagan, our youngest at that time, we thought, you know what? He'll probably just fall asleep on our lap, on our couch. And and well, that didn't happen. (laughs) He sat on the edge of that cushion and watched the entire thing since that day, I can't take him anywhere without him stopping and pointing out a Star Wars character. Now, do you know how difficult that is in this season? We've been invaded by Star Wars. George Lucas has taken over our life, right? And so, um, but here's the deal. My two-year-old saw Star Wars and it changed his perspective on so many things and he can't help but talk about it. I want to say this, those shepherds couldn't help but talk about what they saw on that hillside and what they saw in that manger. And if we have a hard time talking about Jesus, it might be because we haven't experienced Jesus firsthand. Because if you've experienced Jesus firsthand, it'll just come out of you. And this season, we as the pastoral leadership of JFC want so badly, not for you to just experience Christmas, but for you to experience Jesus. So that wherever you go... You can point out to those who are around you, look, isn't Jesus so good? Look at what Jesus did. Look at what he's doing. Because if you've experienced him, then you know where to see him, you know where to find him, you know what to look for, and it'll stand out. If Reagan had never seen Star Wars, he wouldn't necessarily notice all of the marketing ploys that are found today. So the shepherds, they were moved, they spread the word, and they also returned. They returned rejoicing. Verse 20 says this, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. We want an encounter with Jesus to change our circumstances. Jesus wants to change us and wants to receive glory within our circumstances. See, if this story were told today, it wouldn't necessarily say that the shepherds returned rejoicing. It would say, and then the shepherds went out and signed a book deal. And then the shepherds went out on a speaking tour. And then the shepherds went on CNN and Fox news and all of these things that would have been more about the shepherds than about the Christ. But right here, It says, they returned, and they returned rejoicing. So, where did they return? To the hills, surrounding Bethlehem, to do what they had always done. I think some of us so desperately want an encounter with Jesus so that it'll change our circumstances. And Jesus wants us to have an encounter with him so that it changes us so that he can insert us back into those very same circumstances, back into those very same relationships, so that those who know us best can see the radical change taking shape inside of us. Because when somebody sees us in the good and the bad seasons, in the highs and in the lows, and they can look and say, boy, you're dealing with the same sort of thing that I'm dealing with, but you have hope and you have joy. What is it about you that has changed? What is it that's different about you? The world needs you to return to your circumstances rejoicing. Can we do that? Can we rejoice in that very thing that's in the front of your mind right now that you wish would just stop or change or go away? Can you enter that same thing? Rejoicing, full of joy, full of expectation. Good news of great joy is spread when those who know us see the change within us. Will we be moved? Will we spread the word? And will we return rejoicing? Point number three on your notes it says, How will insert your name respond? How will Evan respond? To this good news of great joy i saw this video a while ago and uh when i saw it i passed it along to the teaching team and said hey i think we might be able to use this sometime in the future and so uh, we were talking about it a couple weeks ago and we decided to put it in to this one now this is this is a video from cnn it's pretty short it's about a sheep that got lost Uh, I'm going to set it up just a little bit, and then we'll talk about how it relates to this message and these verses uh, afterwards, but just to give you a a couple of things to make this video make sense, Uh, this sheep was lost somewhere in Australia, and when they got it found, they sheared the wool off of it, and there's a couple of pictures there that uh, when I've showed it to other people, they, they thought that the sheep was bleeding. But after they shear the sheep, they put uh, antiseptic and antibiotics on their eyes and on their ears. And so uh, when you see it, just know that that's antibiotics. But let's go ahead and watch this video, and then we'll tie it in.
1: quite difficult to shear because the uh, problem that I had was with all that weight of that fleece pulling on the skin, I had to be careful not to cut it. This fleece weighs uh, 40.5 kilos. And the average fleece after 12 months of growing would be 5 kilos. So it's it's quite amazing. I I reckon this sheep would have been about 7 years old. It was actually in quite good conditions, which, which is quite amazing. The sheep, uh, the body weight of the sheep after it was shorn was 44 kilos, so it was nearly carrying as much of its own weight in fleece. And given that a, that a, uh, a wool will carry whole 80% of its uh, weight once it's wet, it's quite amazing that it survived all these years out in the wild. It certainly seemed very happy, and the, the vets were quite pleased with the condition of the sheep after it was shorn.
0: Pretty funny video, right? I was I was watching that, and um, this was my thought after after I saw that. I thought that's me. That was me. That was me before Jesus found me. And then I thought, if that was me, maybe that was you, and maybe that's all of us. Because if I know one thing about pastoring. It's that we have this thought in our mind that we need to get cleaned up before coming to Jesus. And there's a reason why the Bible describes us as sheep. It's because we're pretty much helpless on our own. As I was praying for you, there were some things that I thought about And that sheep, that sheep was lost for maybe seven or eight years. And I wonder if there was somebody at one of our campuses or sitting at home online that, yeah, you would say you're a Christian, but it's been about seven or eight years since you've had a real encounter with Jesus. And it's not like something huge has kept you away from him but you've just thought you know what I'll engage when I stop doing this or I'll start praying when I feel more like God will accept me when I come but if that sheep waited until it was presentable to return it would never be presentable Just as the sheep couldn't clean itself, we are incapable of becoming good enough before we come to Christ. See, Jesus was born in a stable and not a palace. Maybe for the very reason that the shepherds would have had to clean themselves up before they saw Jesus, is if he was born in a palace. But since he was born in a stable, they were able to come just as they are. And so I want to ask that you would return to Jesus just as you are. Anything that would be holding you back right now, you would push that aside and recognize that in the midst of our filth and in the midst of our mess, Christ came to us. Maybe your embarrassment has kept you from Christ. Maybe your mistakes have kept you from Christ. Maybe your filth has kept you from Christ. But it is for all of those reasons that he has come to you. Today, my one-year-old, Joel, as I was finishing up preparing for this, he was walking around our house, and when he came past me, I saw that he was carrying his poopy diaper. Parents, you know that when when you change the diaper and then you're cleaning up, it's just, you know, it's a miracle to take care of kids anyways, but we, we do this, and and the diaper got left on the floor and Joel just picked it up and he was carrying it around the house. And so when he saw me, I stopped what I was doing and I said, Joel, let me have that. Give that to me so that I can take care of it. And I felt like God said, maybe there's somebody in here that's gonna hear this message and experience the worship this weekend and they've picked up something that they've already been cleaned of. That you've already been cleaned, but you've decided you're going to pick it back up, and you don't even want it, and you don't even fully understand it. And God says, I'll take that from you, and I'll get rid of it. And He's not mad at you. He's not going to condemn you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus but if I could beg of you one thing in this Christmas season, it would be this. Experience Jesus for yourself and don't let anything hold you back from that. Amen? Heavenly Father, we come before you. God, we say that we love you. You are the good shepherd. God, some of us have wandered from you Some of us are dirty, and filthy, and lost, and fearful. God help us, find us, draw us close, pull us near. God let any hindrance that's holding somebody back, any sin that so easily entangles, God We ask that it would be loosed, that there would be people set free this weekend. God, that we wouldn't be people who just tend to the symbols of our religion, but God, that we would be people who would gladly exchange the symbols of our religion for a real relationship with you. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for sending your son to be Emmanuel, God, with us, and that he became that sacrifice once and for all, dying on the cross in our place to forgive us for all of our sins when we say yes to him, that we receive grace amazing and mercy unmerited. So God, this weekend we say yes to you. We come home to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said.